Hello, everybody, and welcome to our podcast on the slave narratives. Today, um, I am with um, Professor Laura Volpentesta. She is a fashion designer extraordinaire and mentor to me um, in the wonderful art of fashion. And she is here today to help us discuss these slave narratives. And um, we have been finding it equally uh, fascinating um, of how the lives of these two men, um, the earliest uh, slaves that have come into America, um, we have find it, found it thoroughly fascinating just to see um, uh, their lives and how their lives have um, really affected us now and, and just right now today oh, in 2019. Converse. Um, the conversations that are conjured up um, about these two men are just um, extraordinary. And, and also to um, my students, I just want to say that you can um, take these two um, narratives and take it so many different places as these men have gone so many different places from what they knew. Mm. Therefore, you can go so many different places with these narratives from a place, you know, that that you know of, but you that maybe you would never go to mm. as well. Um, so we're going to get started on talking about it. And I'm, I'm first going to talk about the account of James Albert, um, which his name is James Albert Yukasawa, Yukasaw, Groniasaw. Okay. And James Albert basically came from a city called Bernal, um, which, we, which we find is from Eastern Sudan. And he was the, um, his mother was the eldest daughter of the reigning king there, okay? And so that makes um, James Albert the grandson of a king. Um, and then he kind of fell into uh, slavery. But just to, just to kind of go back a little bit, um, as a child, um, I think a, a kid of maybe 15 or so, um, he has always been interested in things that people in his city didn't know much about. So um, he says that I wanted to be informed of things that no person could tell me. Hmm. But yet he was always dissatisfied because nobody kind of understood these questions. And so he always believed that there was a superior power. Um, who, he would say, who kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, created the first cow or the first lion or, you know, how did these trees come to be? And a, a lot of times his mother, his father were very, very exacerbated by um, not kind of understanding or knowing what to tell him, mm -hmm. but to just kind of chastise him for 
answering He's or so asking these questions, mm -hmm. right? So he was inquisitive, right, Laura, mm -hmm. and everything. So um, according to the narrative, um, it says that he um, was dissatisfied, um, although he loved where he came from, but he was dissatisfied for not learning more. And so a man comes along, and he hears that he was, um, you know, kind of displeased and, you know, kind of unhappy because he wanted to know so many different things. And so this man, you know, from the Gold Coast says, oh, he's a merchant from the Gold Coast. And he says, oh, wow, you know, I can, you know, take you places and show you things that you've never seen and you can get those answers that you want and blah, blah, blah. And the man was a good marketer. Mm. So much so that even his grandparents and parents had said maybe it might be a good idea to let um, James Albert go and be with this man so that he can learn the things that he wanted to know. Mm. And so his mother traveled to take him to where he needed to go to be with this guy. Mm -hmm. And so this merchant also said, oh, yeah, you know, my, my children will be your companions. And then when he got there and his mother left, those children said, oh, you're going to die. The king is going to, uh, you know, cut your head off. And so these boys never became his companion. And so from there, you know, James Albert is sold into slavery. He's given to different people. He goes from England. He goes from um, Holland. And then he's in New York. And then he goes back. And, um, you know, and he's been mistreated in every cycle. But Laura, we talked about this whole thing that a lot of students are very interested in, which is karma, this thing of what goes around comes around. Mm -hmm. And for James Albert, he had a spiritual life where that he did get in with the New York slave master, where that he was able to teach him the things of the Bible. Uh-huh. And so there he was like, oh yeah, this seems familiar. And everything and this you know this this is right this is what i've always kind of known in myself and so what he had as far as resilience which we'll get there mm -hmm. about these two men was that he was able to um glean from the words of scripture in order to help him but also what he found in his travels, even though things got bad, some things got better. Mm. And for him, people, the people that mistreated him and lied on him, mm. something kind of came around and things didn't go well for those people that mistreated him. Mm -hmm. And so there he was able to feel um, some kind of um, love and attention from this God, this Christ that we cannot see. So therefore, that is what kept him kind of um, in faith. Mm -hmm. They supported him. And supported, mm -hmm. even when these people 
didn't support him. And, and, and the thing is, you know, he tried to find a Christian community where that these, you know, where that he didn't think that the things that he'd experienced by people who weren't quite Christian, he found the same thing within the Christian community mm-hmm. where that he was mistreated because of the color of his skin. And so James Albert, he, you know, gets married. He, you know, finds someone that he really loves. Three kids. I have three daughters. Three daughters, mm-hmm. you know, but they they died. At least did they all die. I can't remember. I do know the one that was, I remember poignantly when the one that died to smallpox. Okay. And that they couldn't, no one wanted to, would bury her. Right. And so that's the problem. Why, now, why is that? Why would they not bury a, a human, human being? Kind, this sense of otherness? Or why would you turn someone away? Why would you turn like somebody that? away like that? When the people who do the burying are supposed to be Christian people. Mm. And that's where we had discussed, it came up the idea of a double-edged sword of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because... People can morph it towards turn the stories and use it to um, justify cruelty and lose the message of love, which is <laughs> which side do you choose? Mm-hmm. So there's not just one Christianity out there. There's so many faces to it, depending on how it's being used by who. That's absolutely true. Which is still true today. And it's still true today, absolutely. And so um, James Albert, and I'm just, I'm fast-forwarding you guys, has uh, really um, had to just kind of um, experience all of these things with people. Um cruel people, people who say that they love people, um, also just kind of losing um, a child to measles, Um, things like that. Losing jobs. Losing jobs, just losing everything. Um, You know, his wife. His house. His house, but then, you know, his wife was a weaver. At least, you know, you could, you know, he could kind of rely on that for a point. And then there's another loss. So all of these losses and some wins, um, they do, I think, end up back in England to live. And so, um, but in the end, um, what I want to say about James Albert is just that, is just to talk about his, his relationship and his spirituality with God. He does remind me of Augustine. He does remind me of um, Boethius. Um, Although James Albert had done nothing, and with Boethius, he had done nothing, and he ended up in jail and oppressed for trying to do what was right. But with James Albert, um, you know, uh, oppression was put upon him but yet he was always searching and seeking for um, this relationship with God and being centered and anchored in that. And so what I just want to read is the end of this narrative about 
um, James Albert, and, and he says, as pilgrims and very poor pilgrims, we are traveling through many difficulties towards our heavenly home and waiting patiently for his gracious call. When the Lord shall deliver us out of the evils of this present world and bring us to the everlasting glories of the world to come, to him be praise forever and ever. Amen. And so, again, even at the very end of this narrative, he is holding on to a God, to a Christ that um, most people in the church today um, uh, don't want to believe in because they feel like this same God, the same Christ has, has put me uh, in oppressive situations, has enslaved me to people. And this is how a lot of people feel. But is it the God that's done it or is it uh, people who've done it? Because even uh, in this earliest slave narrative um, where that um, James Albert had no word or names for this creator that he knew was innately real even though he um he knew that as a kid he believed that this deity or this god or this whatever was actually real and loving mm-hmm. and caring and cared for him but even though he went into slavery and learned more about this god about this christ even though he was in mostly oppressive situations sometimes he was in really good situations um but he continued to hold on to uh this love that we've also discussed uh in the gospel of matthew um that this god this christ has for his people no matter what color they are okay you just made me laura think that I always, it always used to bother me that there was this concept of the, the heaven, you know, wait for your heaven later, suffer, suffer, suffer here, because suffering was so big in my church as well. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that we almost tried to suffer to rest later, but now at my stage in my life and reading these stories and reflecting my life on theirs, loss after loss, uh, change after change, all those, those suffering experiences are what called me truly to God. So my mm-hmm. interpretation of those beliefs is entirely different. Same teaching, but my experience is completely different now. So only your spiritual relationship, at least in my experience, can get you through having your life stripped from you over and over again. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else to hold on to. You can't hold on to your house. You can't hold on to your limbs. You can't hold on to your kids. But there's something else. And that's the the nice side of the sword of Christianity. The beautiful part. The life-saving part. Right. That isn't being used to end lives, but keep people alive. Okay. Thank you. We're going to move on to Ekiano. Oluda Ekiano. Another young man, boy, boy, stolen from his idyllic childhood of royalty and abundance 
and then stolen from his own by his own people, right? By his own people, his neighbors. Yeah, friends, you know, mm-hmm. tricked, um, and and just rapidly overnight thrown into a really hellish experience on earth. And it's not a and there when you talk about karma, he's not being punished for Mm-mm. something. Mm-mm. You know, innocence, total innocence, and end of innocence. Um, starting with the middle passage, you know, it's that he even survived that. In fact, if he wasn't young, he probably wouldn't have because he got a little bit of special treatment for being young. Mm-hmm. So that it's a completely cruel experience. Why would there be any kindness or provision for children when in so many other situations we haven't seen provisions for children? For example, he was wrenched away from his sister. That's a, even for even with children, there was no there was no softness. But so, like the, I remember him saying that he was put above deck because he was younger. Why? If they were so cruel to everyone, why? But anyway, um, and then we, we talked about their names being taken from them, right? They mm-hmm. each have their African names and then their given names. We were noticing Gustavo Vaso is Alauda Equiano's given name. Mm-hmm. Which means Vasa means a subordinate. Subordinate. And then Alauda uh, is, is is means vicissitude or oh. fortune. One favored having a loud voice and well spoken in his language and where he comes from, that's what his name means. And he was stripped of that identity. He was stripped of that identity. And then, a new one. and then on top of that, to talk about in, uh, justice and injustice mm. was that, you know, um, Alida came from a family of uh, nobility in, in the uh, judicial sciences. Mm. Uh, in in the Satan. sciences of law, and um, you know his 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 father or grandfather or people, you know were were the lawyers. They were the judges. They were the ones who kind of um, you know put people in jail. Very you know educated. they were very very educated. Isn't it interesting that both of them attracted education? When they got when they got here, yeah, as well. yeah, Thanks. that's fantastic. It's amazing. Yeah, that is kind of amazing. <laughs> like I said, we could go so many places here because that's another point mm-hmm. that I didn't I I didn't pick up because that's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Both of them very educated, well educated, came from great backgrounds, and then even in oppression, mm-hmm. even in oppression then attracted education educational sources and people and created these great works and created these great works it's amazing that's fantastic it brings me it, it makes me think of the story of joseph but i digress <laughs> i love when you digress it's incredible. It's incredible to read these accounts because you every time you think they're going to die and it's all over. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over again. And they keep surviving and moving forward. That's a miracle. It's a miracle over and over. Over and over again. It's 
not one miracle. It's not two miracles. Several. And to me, in that way, it's like reading the Bible. You know, the, these stories are parallel. The, the challenges and the oppression mm-hmm. and the pushing through, coming through by the grace of God. And yet you see so many perishing around them. Mm-hmm. So it just makes you really ponder everything, doesn't it? But they both came very young. Mm-hmm. And they both came from beautiful backgrounds and were just thrown into the pits. And... And turned out to produce such beautiful things, and and we get to he- hear about their spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. that's a big deal, mm-hmm. um, especially with both of them. And with Ekiano, his his narrative is is really really long, and he has been everywhere. It seems he's been everywhere before he was able to kind of settle down um, in England. Mm-hmm. In, in that land, mm-hmm. um, he had been all over the place. Um, he's also, you know, learned in manufacturing and all of these different things, understanding mm-hmm. everything that, um, you know, uh, of the resources of Africa mm-hmm. and how people come to get these um, resources from Africa. Um, he's... I mean, there's just so many things, so many places to go with Ekiano. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of it, if there was anything else that I wanted to really pinpoint about him. But that the point, in fact, that he has been all over. He had been on ships all over the world. He, he's been in Jamaica. Yeah. He's been, you know everywhere Mm -hmm. so was he he was quite a seaman as well quite a seaman yeah that's the amazing thing is in slavery they were taught again and again and again that they were nothing Mm -hmm. and they came from so much and they are so much it's just I love the documentation of dispelling all those lies you know, mm-hmm. it's just and, and to be out in the world being told that you're not who you are. That's a spiritual journey in itself. You know, defining yourself from the inside out because the whole outside world doesn't tell, recognize you as what you really are. Mm-hmm. That's what makes this so spiritual, right? Yeah. And so um, when you talk about dispelling the lies, mm-hmm. it says... Um, in one of the, I think the last chapter, uh, that different transactions of the author's life, which is Ekiano, to the present time, his application to the late Bishop of London to be appointed as a missionary to Africa. So again, wow. that then discusses more about his spirituality and love of God and Christ mm-hmm. um, and wanting to get that, you know, back, um, back home. Back home. I didn't about that part. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. Mm-hmm. No. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add about um, who, who was it Ekiano? that was always saying he wanted to go back home and they always, you know. Told him no. But then he got back home. But he got back home. Oh, that's amazing. Yep. That's amazing. Yep. 
It was a long journey, the though. Long wasn't journey, it? a long time before he was able to get back home. What a persistent individual! Yes, both of them. Both of them, absolutely. Very persistent. Never giving up. Never giving up. So if um, if you don't have anything else, Laura, yes, um, I just want to read um, that very end that we were talking about on Echiano. Sure. He says at the, at the end of his narrative that I have only therefore to request the reader's indulgence and conclude. I am far from the vanity of thinking there is any merit in this narrative. I hope censure will be suspended when it is considered that it was written by one who was as unwilling as unable to adorn the plainness of truth by the coloring of imagination. My life and fortune have been extremely checkered and my adventures various. Even those I have related are considerably abridged. If any incident in this little work should appear uninteresting and trifling to most readers, I can only say as my excuse for mentioning it, mentioning it that almost every event of my life made an impression on my mind and influenced my conduct. I early accustomed myself to look for the hand of God in the minutest occurrence and to learn from it a lesson of morality and religion. And in this light, every circumstance I have related was to me of importance. After all, what makes any event important unless by its observation, we become better and wiser and learn to do justly, oh, wow. to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. To those who are possessed of this spirit, there is scarcely any book or incident so trifling that does not afford some profit, while to others the experience of ages seems of no use. And even to pour out to them the treasures of wisdom is throwing the jewels of instruction away. When you said hand of God, all I could think of, a woman asked him to tell the stories mm-hmm. to her, right? He wasn't, he wasn't like, I'm going to sit down and write a book. That's well, that one, well, that, one, that one was um, James oh, Albert. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I got them. Sorry. Right. That's okay. But, <laughs> but Equiano. Uh-huh. Okay. He wrote his own. It's, you know, he sat down and he wrote it. But, the, but do you see all okay. of the contributors that wanted to be? All the sponsors. All the yeah. sponsors. Subscribers, right? And subscribers. That's the word. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. word. There you go. Uh, uh-huh. All the subscribers mm. that wanted this work. Wow. Isn't that fantastic? And Amazing. Published with and it's published with their it, names. Yeah. With their names. So moving on. Let's first talk about what is our mortal coil of the of their stories. First of all, let's let's define mortal coil as confusion and chaos. Every kind of suffering and, and conflict that you could live through. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, what I keep seeing is they're constantly stripped. They're losing their home. They're losing their dignity. Well, they don't lose their dignity, <laughs> but they are treated without dignity. Mm-hmm. So they are, you know, take everything human is taken away from them again and again. That's, I think, why they become spiritual people, mm-hmm. because that's all they got. Everything else is a challenge and a, a stripping violation and um, deaths and lots of there has to be so much fear and worry and not knowing where you're going to live not knowing who's going to buy you how they're going to treat you whether you're going to get 
killed or not. Mm-hmm. And um, that sounds like a mortal coil to me. Yeah. Changing cultures, changing, changing languages. Changing cultures, absolutely. Losing family members. So what we're going, so next, um, let's talk about um, what are what are they different? How are they different, and how are they the same? Um, as far as um, people, I, for me, I I was thinking, um, there's so much sameness. I think maybe the only difference is is that maybe they've traveled different places. Mm-hmm. Other yeah. than they never met. They, ne- they yeah. <laughs> they, imagine they, if imagine they if they had had met. Okay, um, but as far as sameness, it seems like that they've both or similarities, a lot of parallels to a lot their of parallels to their stories of loss and then gain and then loss and then gain. Because they came so young, they had, gosh, most of their life was in this new world and not in their life of origin, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would give them less memory, actually, of life before than the others had. Right. But maybe that gave them more time to become so literate and verbal and, wow, have so many stories to relate, not Mm -hmm. just five years of stories or ten years of stories, but decades of stories about this new world. Um, they're just really eloquent, deep, rich souls. And then to just kind of, um, you know, segue into their resilience um, of, you know, even through oppression, they've been, you know, quite resilient. And I feel like this, the similarities of that is to hang on to um, their faith, their spiritual faith, their religiosity. Um, what keeps them going? And God, that's what that's what kind of kept kept them going. And then to see that every time something bad happens, God comes back and does something bigger and greater for them. Um, will keep a person going. And that could just, well, when you said, even when they feel unsupported by the people, by people who know that just really don't care about them, don't care about them. Because God does. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there, there had to be times they were questioning that there was a God at all because of the cruelty. And then at the same time, the grace. So I guess it's what do you focus on? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that double-edged sword again. So choosing the side of grace. Noticing you're still here and always having hope can't move forward without that and I guess if you're consumed with hate you can't get there you know if you return hate with hate because these these are spiritual concepts right Mm -hmm. it would consume you entirely you wouldn't be able to pick up and keep moving so something kept refilling them with life and light absolutely that's really good or that's good something just keeps filling them with life even when you know met with death Words that are deadly, you know, situations that are deadly that could just take the life out of a person. 
Was it before we were recording or after that you mentioned miracles? Just a miracle. Yeah, of just their a miracle. Yeah. Waking up each day. And then we wanted to ask, how can their stories be compared to some of uh, societal issues of today? Um, I know that we talked about um, kind of oppressive um, experiences at the border, at our American border with persons coming from Central America. And I know a lot of people kind of argue the point in fact that... um, you know, these people have put that on themselves for coming over here oh, illegally. Yeah. But some some people are coming over here to seek asylum. Yeah. A lot of people are coming over here to seek asylum and have been mistreated oppressively. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we do about that? Um, how I mean, what is there? You yeah, know, what, what treated oppressively. So well, what makes us think other people are other? Right. That. They're different than us, right? That I just think right. that comes up all the time with these stories and the story you just related, the sense of otherness. Otherness. That makes us think someone is less human or has less rights or less value than any other human, which is, again, a spiritual question. Right. And then the DACA um, mm. kids who uh, did not make the decision to come here. Their parents brought yes, them here. I know a lot of them. And now mm. they're um, doctors and lawyers and accountants and uh, okay. maybe just okay. regular day-to-day Starbucks workers. They don't too. speak their home language and they don't have any or place in the society you're sending them back to. Absolutely. And so they didn't choose to come as children. As children. But they mm-hmm. came here, they got educated, mm-hmm. and they became, you know, really good citizens. Um, but by the same token, slavery wasn't that long ago, and those people didn't ask to come either. True indeed. These people, us people, those people, descendants of enslaved people did not choose to come. Mm-hmm. And then they have to clean up the mess. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth discussing, but they're not easy conversations to have, as we've all seen and experienced, particularly online, where no one has to be accountable for what they're saying. But their conversation, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable, but also hold a, a, a safe space for the conversations to happen, mm-hmm. right? I guess it doesn't feel safe in a think We have to hold spaces. You're, you're doing that. A, right yeah, here. well, yeah, we'll have to, I guess, all of us individually work to hold safe spaces so these things can be, you know, talked about and rectified and Others codified. Like pressure and, cooker where it's. Yeah, just, yeah. It needs to release. Absolutely. Voices need to be heard back and forth. Back and forth, yeah. We can stop otherizing each other to death. And I think one other other thing that we found a societal issue is um, public school as a pipeline to prison Mm. uh, for black and brown children. So if you, you know, suffocate the funding going into public schools or try to do away with public schooling children 
may not be able to go to school or they'll, you know, be disinterested in it. Or and then, discouraged by or it. Or discouraged by it. And then what else do they have to do? Mm-hmm. But maybe get into some kind of alternate way of surviving. alternate way of surviving, and so that's another thing that a lot of uh, uh, activists are talking about today um, as a as a story of as as a societal issue um, of today. And at the same time, better funded schools being pipelines to ignorance. Mm-hmm not using the funding to our larger societal problems that you just discussed come from everyone learning about our whole well you were talking about we we didn't talk about reparations yet but not yet we'll get to that concept of education educating about why haven't we read slave narratives in High school, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Me neither. School, <laughs> college, none of it. Me neither. Even in my African American class, we didn't. You know, but why not? That's, That's a, a good question. That's a good question. What why are not? we really learning at school? We're discussing big time. So it looks like we're at thirty-seven minutes. Yeah, because we on this. Wow. Um, I know my students are gonna be like, "Oh my goodness, this is really long, Professor Lewis." But we're gonna keep going. Can always chop it up someday. Um, Can faith in God, Jesus, change oppressive viewpoints put upon humans today? And I think I said earlier that you know even atheists um, care about. Um, all of these things that are um, that are happening in the world. So, do you need to be a believer? I think a lot of people become atheists because they've seen the cruelties that people can do in the name of quote unquote God and Jesus. So they don't want to be associated with it. But there are so many interpretations of God and Jesus and mm-hmm. faith and religion and all. Everyone. There's not one definition, right? That's mm-hmm. a thing. There's so many. There's so, so many. That's why people are afraid to even say God, because you say it to 20 people, everyone hears something different when you say the word God. Mm-hmm. Com- deeply different. Com- completely different, definitely. Mm-hmm. So. All right. But so faith. But faith, yeah. Is it easier word to relate to, maybe? And I think faith. I think so. Can change oppressive viewpoints, because Faith is not, well, I guess it can be oppressive how you, depe- how you define it, but faith is if you stick to the possibility of good and the belief in succeeding and surviving and thriving, that would definitely combat oppression, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So our next thing, as we get ready to um, kind of tie all of this up and bring it, bring it home, mm. um, I I wanted to just kind of talk a little bit about um, as we f- are finishing up. Um, my students uh, are now finishing up with uh, Dante's Divine Comedy, and mm. we're learning that Dante. Um, is becoming remorseful for some of the things he's done to people and possibly maybe to himself. Mm. And he is, you know, 
maybe feeling the need to make up you know for the wrongs that he's done so Mm. my question is why is it important to make up for the wrong things we've done to others and and from these readings should america possibly grant reparations to the descendants of slaves or at least discuss it that brings up so many things for me do you Mm -hmm. want to go first Uh well my my only thing is is that because we're just you know we're discussing uh dante right now dante has been through all of these different levels so hell purgatory and um, and now we're on Paradiso or Paradise, which is heaven, and which could be seen as like in um, like in the Nicomachean Ethics, um, the good life. And there are some things that he had to look at, some things that he had to see and recognize that maybe that was wrong. Maybe I, I hadn't done that in order to feel the remorse mm-hmm. now to want to make up now for some, or repair the breach of things that he has done to other people and to maybe to, maybe to himself as well. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes you have to go through some things to see that maybe you were wrong about And inherently that. we are damaging ourselves when we hurt others that we yeah. may not realize at the time. True indeed. Is what he learned through experience. Which, which is what he, which is what he learned through experience. Mm-hmm. And now, um, you know, with the slave narratives and everything like that, there are so many. Um, and then too, with um, you, you know, with the oppression of slavery, and then the psychology of slavery and oppression now has kind of come down from generation to generation into the psyches and the thoughts and the mentality of people mm-hmm. now where oh. that even though oppression is done people are still kind of oppressive to other people slavery is done and maybe maybe some um people still live as if they are being enslaved or people continuing to mistrust people right. with no foundation with no foundation all of these yeah. things. And so my question is, you know, should America grant reparations? I mean, we we did for uh Japanese people who were in term who were in internment camps here, even Jewish people were given reparations. Mm-hmm. Um because people needed something so that they can start. Yes. You know, to now build and a lot of people feel starting like starting at less than zero. At, starting at less than zero, and if you go through um, Ekiano and um, James Albert, their lives they were constantly starting over with stripped, nothing, stripped over and over. And so today, the argument is is that black people, even with housing, housing being um, a kind of unfair um education systems are unfair to people of color Mm -hmm. you know all of these different systems where that it doesn't appear where that uh, people of color are getting a leg up Mm -hmm. even recently i heard a statistic where that um, between white students and black students with um um Oh, what do you call it? 
oh my goodness, I'm I'm losing my thought, but it's mm-hmm. with um, you know, um financial aid. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um they're finding that uh at a higher rate more white students are paying off their loans. Student, I share this student loans. Mm-hmm. Then black people, it's a uh, uh, black students, and those which means those rates after graduation, right, mm-hmm. right. So those results are less, and yet they're unforgivable loans. Right, so there's sort of an indentured right. servitude showing up after college mm-hmm. for all people, but this, for, in yeah. the, with this statistic primarily for black. Absolutely. So a lot of people are seeing all of these different disparities. Mm-hmm. And they're feeling like still, just in 2019, here we are, that there still needs to be some reparation or repairing of that particular breach. I see two, I see you can throw money at something, and I'm all for it, definitely, but you can't only, Mm -hmm. because white and black people and all the other peoples, all kinds of peoples need education mm-hmm. and conversation so for example there's so much black history is so huge part of, of our is our history mm-hmm. white and black history mm-hmm. um, the interaction of the races the history of how it, everyone came here and what happened isn't something to keep being hush hush about because then we don't grow there's no com- real compassion and there's a lot of shame about what we don't know about each other. So I think putting it into the schools and the news and the televisions that just knowing where we all come from as a nation is our own history is the only way we can move forward. This is too much separation still Mm -hmm. instead of all working together to get somewhere better together. So, you know, even, you know, assigning these readings is part of that good work. It's a little too late. It's college. You know, you're lucky if you get that class. But why not in fifth grade and seventh grade and tenth grade and a lot of other places, too? It's amazing how not addressed it is. And that's a reparation that's shameful for every for the whole nation. But as we said, now there's, there's a slavery museum. Yeah, right? there is. Yeah, and, and then there's and then there's some other. There's I think art. there's a new one in is it Alabama or Mississippi or something like that that just mm-hmm. kind of shows all of the different people. Well, all of the hangings the and lynchings um, of so many different people throughout time. That's something that um, has recently. Opened. I want to say Oof. it's in Mississippi or Alabama, that's something really like that. It's hard to see, but it, we need to, we can't just pretend nothing happened because then nothing gets better. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. Yeah. So, so these, are, these are definitely, I think, um, examples of, of ways to repair. But I also think that um, it's, it's a good thing that um, we've had. Um, Ta-Nehisi Coates, we've had um, Dr. Malvo and other black uh, writers and activists and everything um, come to Congress to get to talk about, at least begin to talk about uh, repairing, uh, if you will, um, a lot of the things 
um, that have happened to people of color mm -hmm. in this country. And then two, around the world. Mm -hmm. um, globally. Globally. So. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just, it, it just didn't happen here. In the uh, US, no. So, but um, this was a great conversation. Always been, yeah, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. And it's just the tip of the iceberg, and I and and you're right, Laura. I mean, forty eight minutes. Oh my God! I feel like we'd hardly uh, we, we haven't even, even touched uh, any of it. But what I do want to say to my students is, is that um, I know I said five minutes, maybe. <laughs> uh, um, and so now I'm just gonna say. Do your best. But something is better than anything. And something is better something. than nothing. And I think I think it's going to be great because we had a great time. As you can um, see, even in the narrative, there's yes. power in words. There's power in words. Ten words. There's power in those. There's ten power words. in words. Mm -hmm. And so I want to thank um, Professor Laura Volpentesta thank you for, uh, for coming out and uh, doing my very first podcast, just like I told you guys that this is my very first podcast. You should have a show. And uh, <laughs> thank you. And, um, and coming out and um, helping us uh, with this assignment. So thank you so much. Thank you. And take care and we'll see you in class.